What up? We're back with another edition of Two Hand Take. We got everyone here today. Uh, boys, what's up? What's going on? What's good, dog? Johnny looking fucking swole right now. Uh, Philly God, tank top. Did they win today? Uh, they're playing right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, they lost me a lot of fucking money the other day. <laughs> Our bullpen is so bad, and we're not hitting well. No, that's that's a big problem there. Did I tell you guys what happened with my betting with Johnny? Ooh. What happened? He, uh, so I texted him about, like, right, whoa, whoa, Johnny, you, you've got to sit down. <laughs> yeah, dude, so, alright, alright, good, good, alright, so, Johnny, I texted him. I was like, so can I trust the Phillies to win today? Because I'm going to put money on them. He responds, yes, they will win. Put, so I put money on them, just banking on Johnny. Hour and a half later, I'm so sorry about their bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> I just put the Phillies on right now, and they're winning 13-1 against the Braves. Of course they are, because I don't have money on yeah. them. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you picked uh, Portland uh, for yesterday. Oh, yeah. And I know Alexis feels my pain after today's debacle. But, yeah, let's get... so much money today. Let's get into the uh, Portland stuff, because I know Christian's going to have a lot to say on this, especially with Dame. Uh, so there's been a lot of drama in the NBA. Christian, if you just want to go ahead and fill us in on your team. Yeah, I mean, two bench players are talking a lot of shit. I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, bad bad, I mean... He's a clown. I mean, I, I kind of feel so. The thing with him is he's he knows his role. He knows he's a backup. He knows he's a funny guy who gets under people's skin. His Instagram comment and his antics on the bench. I, I actually thought it was funny. I mean, like you know, Dame, if he's going to miss those crunch, crunch time points, you know, the free throws, he deserves to get chirped. I think that's fair. I mean, Pat Bev over there clapping to Dame time, Dame time, taking his mask off. That's funny. I think he he was he was he had a fun he had a good time clowning him. But Paul George, goodness gracious, I feel bad for this guy. I mean, genuinely, and he's a complete clown. After he went, so he makes this post, like a really petty post in response. He doesn't, he's not even funny. At least Pat Bev is funny with Cancun in three. And then Paul George just comes up with a salty post, a salty comment. Then he deletes the comment. Then he goes on his Instagram story to say, oh, I've had all of these surgeries. That's why it's been so tough for me. Like, don't, don't come at me. You don't know what it's like. I mean, oh my, if you're going to, get into a chirp off, I mean, at least have a backbone for once, Paul George. I think it's kind of like, it it, it really, that's what resembles the Clippers. They have no backbone. They're all petty. They're all, they think they're tough. They aren't. I mean, that's the Clippers for you. I mean, that's Kawhi, that's Paul George, that's Marquise Morris. I mean, all of these clowns. No, I'm totally on your side. I'm totally on your side. Do do you think the the Clippers are in a better situation right now than the Lakers? Like, do you have more confidence in the Clippers or the Lakers right now? I have more confidence Definitely. in Portland. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the well, answer is it's the Lakers over the Clippers. Yeah, but the but if I'm the Lakers though, like I don't want anything. Like I don't want Damian touch me. Like the Lakers are awful. Shooting the three. My issue with Portland. 
they've played well, but they're also struggling to beat the Clippers B team. They're struggling to beat the Sixers B team. I think I think Portland is is like people are overrating how good they actually are. Do I think that they can make a competitive series with the Lakers? Definitely. I think like you see a game where Dame could go off for fifty and CJ that same game could go for thirty and that's eighty points right there and they're probably gonna win that game. But I think people are getting ahead of themselves to put like penciling in Portland in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. I mean, so you think they made it last year and they were they weren't in the same situation. I think the team that they have now, if they get all the guys back, so is Whiteside supposed to come back this year? Yeah, Whiteside's only at one game. All right, yeah, so they're going to have him. And on his day, he is one of, if not the best center in the league. And then you have CJ. Yeah, they're a team that they could flip-flop a series like that. I mean, the thing is, we got to the the Western Conference Finals as the three seed last year. That means we avoided Golden State Mm -hmm. until we got to the finals. We got a young Denver team on the way. Yeah, of course, yeah, we had that big series against OKC. I mean, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you guys right now. Do you guys forget the whole flip the switch? Have you forgotten 19 years of LeBron James' career where every year in the regular yeah. season people say, oh, he's like he's getting he's looking lazy, he's looking tired, they don't have what it takes, they're not shooting enough threes, their, their field goal percentages are down, they're not looking like a team, and then first round series starts, boom, four games are over, they win all four by 20-plus, and people completely forgot who LeBron James is. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that LeBron James isn't going to beat them, but like, Portland has a thing where if they can get past the Lakers somehow, if they basically if they can get past LeBron James, there's not many teams that are as consistent as LeBron James is in the Western isn't Conference. Isn't that everyone in the West Conference? Isn't that everyone in the NBA right now? If you can get past LeBron James, you're probably going to win the championship. Uh, yeah, but, but, I don't know the Suns. <laughs> I, I I just think for America's Portland, team, for Portland they they can't play, they can't go about the game just thinking that Dame's gonna bail them out all the time. Like all of them have to be locked in. I mean they've done for, it all year. But then for the Lakers, LeBron and AD just gotta do their thing because there was a game where LeBron only needed twenty points and AD had forty and AD was like, yeah, just get me the ball. And, you know, just pass to me, LeBron, and I'll do my job. You know, that's, that's what they have to do. I mean, I, I like LeBron and AD as a duo better than Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah. Well, AD is, AD is a safe 30 points every game. Yeah, that is a safe I, 30 And points. I just think when, when Kawhi was on Toronto, he had a better complimentary cast than he does with the Clippers, personally. I think that he had a better coach in Toronto. I think Toronto oh, is yeah. the, they're one of the best coach teams in the NBA. Coming Doc Rivers, one of the five best coaches in NBA history. Well, I'm just saying right now, Doc Rivers in with the Celtics, yeah, easily one of the best ever, like top five situations but, there. But yeah, and you think about what Toronto, Nick Nurse is doing right yeah. now. Like he has, he has seven to eight. Very good players, not stars, very good players on his team. And he's still second in the East behind Giannis. Yeah. Like, he's, they're beating a Boston team that had high expectations with Kemba and Tatum, you know, getting better and better each year. The Sixers, who were kind of overhyped a little bit, um, and they rose above them. You know, yeah. we're still talking. Wait, are you talking about last night's game against the Sixers? 
Because the Sixers right now are shambles. Oh, the six the Sixers are a mess. I I think, I think they're gonna break up and beat in Simmons. You think? I I hope not. I I don't I don't I want not. that. I keep as, seeing so I keep seeing people talking about how they're gonna break up Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That's stupid. But I don't think that's the problem with the Sixers. The Sixers but, just don't have enough of a bench or enough role players. No, win. screw all of that. Screw all the players and stuff situation. Brett Brown, he. He has me shaking my head. That last play, we have shooters on the court that can make these shots. These guys were brought in to take these shots. Ben Simmons isn't taking the shot. Joel Embiid usually isn't taking the shot. Like, well, Embiid likes to be what, in the paint. He like, well, he like, yeah. All the Sixers need is a guy like Seth Curry or a good, like, I'm talking about a good role-playing shooter, and mm-hmm. they just don't sign those players. Yeah, we have I, players I, that I, are I so iffy. I think Embiid, Embiid and Simmons get along. I just think Embiid misses Jimmy Butler. The whole he team does. Be, no, I, I breaking, know. But breaking up those Embiid. two guys would be so stupid for their franchise because yep. those are two very good players that are likable. Like, they are very marketable. They probably sell a lot of jerseys every year. It would be so stupid Listen. to break those two players up. And it's not about that. Those are our Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Right. You, don't, you don't get rid of those guys when they're in your – like, do you think Cleveland wanted LeBron to leave? LeBron chose to leave. If LeBron – like, let's not even think about him being the greatest ever. LeBron was that player in that organization that wasn't supposed to leave, no matter how good or bad he was. Yeah, I, I don't think the Sixers should, should break up and beat in Simmons. I mean, I saw something the other day saying that the Sixers should get rid of Simmons and go right. get Devin Booker. Get rid of Brett like... Brown. No, get rid of Brett Brown. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Been saying it for three years. Yeah, no, I, I agree. With that. I mean, because the fact that you do have that talent on that team, you know, it's just yeah. inexcusable. And even like a guy like Tobias Harris, you want to get paid a max contract, you got to perform. You got to get a. Are you team. saying you wouldn't trade Ben Simmons for Devin Booker? I would say I'd move other pieces for Devin Booker. No, see, that's where I think you guys are wrong. That is the one situation where if I had the opportunity as a GM and the other team said, we're going to trade you Devin Booker. For Ben Simmons and let's say one pick, I don't care if they ask for a pick two, I would do that trade. Am I going to be mad if we lose Ben Simmons for Devin Booker? No. But do I want to? Lose? Then, do I want to? Have, who's your four that everybody hates on? Al Horford, I think. Al Horford. Oh, Al Horford. Yeah. Good God, man. He, no, but he if was you bring planted a shooter like Boston. Devin Booker, and then you have two big men in Embiid and and uh, uh, I don't know why I just forgot his name again. Horford. Horford. But if you have those two guys, and then you have a great shooter. Your team will be in a lot better position than if you keep Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. Over Devin Booker, I mean. Yeah. But the problem right yeah. now is Al Horford was planted by Boston to terrorize the Sixers. He hasn't done one thing good for the Sixers. He was planted by Boston. They knew he was going to do this. He probably feeds them information every night. But Yeah, I, I, I yeah. agree with you, Colin. In that one situation, that's when I would want break up and beat in Simmons is if we get Devin Booker. I'd be he's happy hell, with it. He, he's a hell of a rollback by the two spines. No, no. Time out, time out. I never said I wanted to do it. I just never said I wanted to get rid of Simmons. I said I would be okay with it, but I wouldn't be happy with it. Roll it in, roll it in, roll it in. No, no, no. This is not a skip situation. 
Don't roll me in with Johnny's take and how he's wording it. Well, no, no, what no. What are you no. talking about? No. I've said this to John every we, time. We like, talk you about? guys have the same take and you agree on something. You can't say, oh, John no. said it and I just... Listen, no, we, right. no. Listen up, I don't want up. Ben Simmons and Embiid to be broken up. But would I be mad if Devin Booker was on our team draining threes every night, winning games? No. Listen, I would enjoy problem, watching the, that. The problem with the Sixers that me and Colin are getting at is Brett Brown. He needs to go. Thank he you. needs to be fired. Because if, if they don't, if they don't have a team... How, I don't care about how good <laughs> the Sixers are. If the Sixers make it very far. I'm just saying, when I when literally five minutes ago, you guys said, no, we don't. We wouldn't break it up. Like, when we wouldn't trade Simmons or Embiid, we said, what about Embiid? Oh, Look, you wait, start wait. off by saying, uh, wait, probably not. Time out. You're wrong. You're wrong. Time out. You're wrong. Time out. Time out. Both of you shut up. Because, Christian, I'm going to roll it back a little further. And Johnny said that we should break up Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons from the I off. And I said, that. no. I did not say Ooh, that. we are rolling it back. We are rolling it back. Ooh. So, at least, Ooh. no, but that's a better look for Johnny than you. At least he had that idea planted in his head. You, you had a matter of five minutes here changing. Oh, yeah. I'll flip-flop. Then why? Then why? What another flip-flop? Two minutes ago, you said, no, 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 it's Johnny. It's not me. I'm just proving myself right that I will flip-flop. <sighs> What a clown. I'll flip flop. I'm like LeBron. And first and I'm like first LeBron. of all, I said first of all, I said would it be, would I be shocked if it happened? I I said no, I wouldn't just be shocked if it happened. Listen, I'm just an so open minded person. I'm just open minded. I'm listening to the ideas. Who are you talking to? Colin said it was Johnny. Ben, Listen, he said, Okay, I did flop and I don't care about flopping. Yes. <laughs> Listen, you gotta deny, deny, deny until you're on top. What did I just witness here right now? I just put your brains in a fucking blender. <laughs> you just got exposed. I just put you guys in a blender. You got put in a blender. You put yourself <laughs> in a blender. But, all right, let's move on to more trouble in paradise here. So, Christian's boy Draymond got fined for tampering, also about Devin Booker. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame him. He's right. I mean, the Suns are ruining Devin. This is the longest. You see, so the, the Suns are 6-0 and in the bubble. This is their longest ever win streak in Devin Booker's career. America's team. I mean, you have to feel bad for Devin Booker. Draymond, I don't think it's also, I don't think that's fair to call that tampering. I mean, it's not. what happens if he says that? What, I mean, that's a private conversation. That's not tampering. It probably has been a private conversation. Didn't the Bucks? I also think, I also think Loki, Devin Booker is going to be on the Suns, get traded to the Suns this offseason. Warriors have the first overall pick. He's on They're the going to trade that. Trade to the Golden State. What? Yeah. He's on the Suns, he gets traded to the Golden State. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's going to Golden State. Devin Booker. Imagine a team with Steph, Clay, D Book, and Draymond and Giannis. You can't tell me that's not a winning team. All right, there's no way they get Giannis and Devin Booker. Okay, but yeah, but yeah, that so team wouldn't lose a game. When is his contract up, Booker? Uh, I think it's two years. I, don't know. I think he's at the same time as Giannis, so it'd be two years. In two years, so. The Knicks could potentially have LaMelo Ball, Devin Booker, <laughs> and RJ Barrett. Sign me up right now. The Sixers could Sign potentially have Devin Booker, Giannis, and Ben Simmons. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, oh, we can't hear you, Christian. Yeah. We can't hear you. So who said that Devin Booker's contract is up in two years? He signed a deal I, last I, summer. I, I thought it was two years. I got mixed up with Giannis. That's my bad. Yeah, so Devin Booker's not a free agent until 2024 at the earliest, and it's an option for 2025. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Devin Booker's going nowhere. No. I, I, I feel like Draymond's comment wasn't tampering, though. No, didn't the Bucks, like, I, uh, didn't the Bucks GM or something or owner get called out for tampering when he said that you give Giannis a supermax? Didn't he get fined I for that? Don't, no, I don't think so. Because you can talk about your own players. All right, then what I, I saw mean, was wrong, but that'd be crazy. I, I feel like if Draymond would have said it in a different way, then it wouldn't have been tampering. Like, if he said, if I were Devin Booker, I would want to be gone rather than talking about Booker directly. I think he went the I'm exact saying, right way. I think the yeah, only way to do it was to just straight up tamper. Just well, no, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with, with him saying it. He's talking on the show with, with yeah. uh, Shaq and Barkley and Kenny Smith. What he did was basically what you guys did, was plant the seed in my mind, keep talking about it, and eventually I'll just hop on board. Okay. That's basically what happened. And he's going to do it to Devin and Booker until Devin Booker. You manipulate, manipulate you, Mola. Yes. You're planting <laughs> seeds and then you're talking into existence. And it's working. It's working almost every episode. And either you and John, it's worked. Hey, it's the winning me money. Spineless, it's winning me money. The two spineless Philly fans. Spineless? Uh, I would only say I'm like 50% Philly fan. They're jellyfish. Spineless. Well, look, at a, look at a mirror, Christian. The two spineless jellyfish fans. Can be swayed by, by the drop of a coin. <laughs> I flip a coin for what team I'm going to like cheer for usually. So The Broad Street Bullies. What can you the say? Bra- don't, hey, hey bro, top I'm, seed. I'm, top I'm, seed. I'm, Let's talk about that. Yeah, top yeah. seed. Christian, you got no right to talk. We're the top seed. We're winning the Stanley Cup. Me and Colin are going to Philly. We're going to party all night long when we win the Stanley Cup. I, I don't yeah, know about that. Broad Street but... Bullies, right? Wait, so just, to get this, just to get this straight, Johnny and Muller don't care about COVID and want to go and party. In no, the no, team. I just said I don't know about that. I took myself out of that. You can check the tape. Uh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny again, doesn't care. Spineless once again, changing his stake immediately. No, no. That, don't even stand together. No, Colin, Colin, I won't stand with him. Stand. I will Colin, not stand with him on this. I am not big on Colin, COVID. Colin, Colin I will not stand with him. Alexis, you're drinking that Corona right now. I think you're uh, you're hearing things, my friend. I'm surprised you're not Colin drinking the Corona, Johnny. I'm not drinking. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in my entire life. Oh See? yeah. See, God's right. child. God's angel. Right <laughs> I'm a saint. Now, but the Flyers are winning the Stanley Cup, though. I mean, Easily. you beat the three toughest teams in the whole NHL, yeah. and you know how many people will be watching that game? Actually, a lot. A lot of like people. 17. A, a lot of people like hockey. Check the stats, uh, Alexis. I think, of, I think the more impressive title than the Stanley Cup is probably uh, who can do like indoor bowling with no walls, like eyes eyes folded, blindfolded. <laughs> like, what a take! What a take! But seriously, Alexis, if you want to win money, do you, like I'm being completely serious, put your money on the Flyers against Montreal. It's free money. I'm done gambling it's for a while, money. boys. It's free money. Today was too rough for you? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what'd you bet on? I, I, I honestly so... believe the hot dog eating contest gets more views than the finals of the hockey. No. No. Uh, depending on what teams, I would say so. Giant. I bet you this year. Google. Especially Google. because no, we're yeah, Google this. this because I agree with him because last year's finals, I did not watch because the two teams were from small markets and I didn't care about it. And that's what, if you're going to watch a sport, it completely matters who's in the finals. Like, if we're watching the finals and the teams that are in it suck, no one's going to want to watch other than the Super Bowl. And maybe NBA championship. Yeah, that's a fair point. 
So as a comparative to the other like NBA and World Series, obviously it's not close. The Stanley no, Cup had no. three million viewers, while yeah. World Series and NBA Finals drew a minimum of thirteen viewers per one, and the highest for Stanley Cup was three million. Yeah, hockey is easily the smallest of the big sports in the U.S. Other than I think soccer might be above it now too, but still people are going to watch it. Like, did you hear what I said to Alexis just now? It completely matters who's in the finals. Because right. hockey is not some huge sport here like it is in oh, Canada. Oh, it's close. But the hot dog was 2.8 million versus 3 million for the Stanley Cup. Was that last year's Stanley Cup? Yep. Interesting. That, and last year was the highest Stanley Cup viewership ever. Interesting. Growing, growing importance in America seems like. Oh, my God. <laughs> Colin, how many times can you be wrong in one podcast? What? You just said last year might have been the worst viewing ever for hockey because it was two small market teams and it broke the record. Yeah, it still wasn't good though. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, breaking the record for views sounds pretty good. I mean, it still wasn't good. It's the most overrated finals. (laughs) Is that a good segue into the 5 for 5 or any other topics? Was, yeah, there anything else? Oh, oh baseball, wait, baseball? wait. We got to talk about the uh, the Astros real quick. Oh, that what, a, what a bunch of softies. So, here, what? so listen, the bench coach is calling out the A's player, which then he's telling him to fight. If you're going to tell someone, it was a bench coach, right? Or was it the manager? It might have been a pitching coach, I think. All right, well, regardless, if you're going to yeah. call out the guy and tell him to come fight you, which was awesome because it was a dugout fight, um, then you can't have your own players build a wall and tackle the guy when you're about to fight. You know? Am I wrong for thinking that? Cold take alert. Ice cold no, no. take alert. Smaller, I agree with you 100%. I think... Christian, what is, what is that? The coach oh, no. Alexis. 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 And then he when the no, dude, we can't. He- we don't know what you just said. You are completely broken up. Oh wait, can you hear me? All right, now? go now. Go now. Go now. Okay, I said I completely yeah. agree with you. I think the fact that it was the coach who started at first is always worse when the coach starts a fight. But then he hid behind his players when the fight actually happened. Like, yeah, what is? I agree. Get the fuck out of here, man. It's are called you, baiting. Like, it's called baiting. How you easily an, can you get baited? Are you an Astros Are you an Astros fan now? Like, no, I think mean, you guys are just so wildly biased. I think he is a closet Astros no, fan. He is. Alexis, he is. I'm telling you. He claims he's a Rockets fan. Astros fan. That's the only explanation. How could he defend the coach starting a fight and not fighting? He has five Altuve jerseys in the back of his closet. Uh, okay, so I have a question for you guys. Go. Let's do a vocabulary test. Do you know what baited means? Oh Anyone God. for five hundred dollars knowing the word baited going once. Christian's the type of twice. guy that would start a fight and run away from the fight when it gets too heavy for him. Christian's the guy that he rolls up to the bar with his boys and his boys are like six six German monsters. Yep. And yep. they'll like sock a guy sucker punch the guy first of all. And then when the guy goes to swing again, he runs behind the two six six threats. Yep. And they beat the guy. <laughs> yeah, he's in the center of the circle. And, and then all and the then guys after the are, fight's over and he's getting called a pussy, he's like, 
Do you know what baiting is, sir? <laughs> Have you ever heard of baiting? You know, my record would be 1-0 and in fights then because I got a hit in and that guy didn't. Oh, my God. Wow. This is a great shirt idea, though. Yeah. I'm also just saying, like, when you know the MLB is going to suspend guys for 300 games and the Astros are playing bad and you can get their best player this season, a guy hitting over 400, to charge headfirst at another team's dugout and get a 10-game suspension against the division rival. Oh, my God. I wish I could get half the Dodgers teams to get fucking suspended if my team's getting called a pussy. I don't care. I mean, if our, winning games. But if our so-called... You, you but... Our so-called best player, Altuve, is having five errors in batting below 200, 150-ish area. I would try and get the best player on the other team baited, too. I mean, I would, too, 100%. I I wish we could get guys like Corey Seager fucking suspended for 15 games. That would be the dream come true for me. What's his name? Bueller. If he could get suspended another 15 games, I would love that. Stop it. But but that's a joke. Like, when... uh... Chapman, you're a joke. You're a joke. When Chapman got suspended <laughs> for eight games, or who was the oh the the Dodgers? Who was his name? Kelly. Joe Kelly. When he Deserve got suspended, it. that's a joke. Suspended for the rest of the season. The Astros are asking throw. for it. The Astros are asking for it. Colin, am I wrong? Alexis, am I wrong? Yeah, pick the two most biased people for the conversation. But no. just because, just so we don't go on a long tangent, this is the final statement on the Astros. You are under. There, it doesn't matter if who you are what team you play for, what religion you are, what skin color you are, because I know you're all scumbag. You do not throw a 98-mile-per-hour pitch at someone's head. It doesn't matter who you are. That's called human decency, and you just don't do it. They still cheated. Correct, they cheated, but that <laughs> doesn't warrant a 98-mile-per-hour mile ball at someone's head. You're a scumbag. You're a piece of shit if you believe that. All right, fair enough. And with that, I think... We should move on. Uh, all right, one, before... one last baseball topic. One last baseball topic. All right. We are three weeks into the season, and the Rockies have the best record in baseball. <laughs> oh, bring it home. Bring it home. Yeah, and yeah, our rookie pitcher threw a no-hitter. Did he? Did he fine. get it? I saw no. he was on one going into the final. Yeah, then, no, because he was at like 100 pitches through five innings, so we took him out, and then we ended up getting a team one-hitter, but... Pretty pretty impressive debut. All right, so the team had a one-hitter. but Yeah, good debut, good debut. Um, so before we do the 5 or 5, actually, we're going to go into the interview with Kevin Silva. Um, I mean, it was a pretty good great interview. Uh, Christian and I. Great guy. Yeah. Kevin's a good dude. Yeah, it was awesome talking. We learned a lot about the bubble. Um, how, how are they doing it with soccer? Is it, like, any different from oh, it was, the other sports event? It was pretty similar, to be fair. Um, a couple of differences here and there, but he gave us a really good look into it, and then we talked about his time with the national team and the traveling everywhere they went. Um, ultimately, it was just a really good uh, conversation, and then we get into a little Freedom Liberty East Hills Nichman talk at the end, led by Christian, so you can tell how biased that was. Um, but Kevin, Kevin, an unbiased person, Oh, yeah. The decisive vote yeah. clearly stated that East Hills might have been the best middle school team yeah. to exist. And I stand by my comment about if the schools were combined, there would have been one champion every single year, all four years. I agree. But yeah. yeah. That but, East Hills team is historic. Yes. Yes. Fair enough. Fair enough. But with that, all right, so we'll give you the Kevin Silva interview right now. So you're back from the bubble? 
Yeah, got back uh, two weeks ago, exactly. Actually. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, should we just jump into it then with the bubble? Yeah. Yeah, how was it? Like, what did they have you, like, what was your living situation like? Did they have so you, the like, the NBA? Yeah, so, so it was pretty interesting. When we got there, um, first, first day was straight to testing. And then straight to testing, you uh, went upstairs. There was food already outside your room. Um, straight to your room. Everyone had their own individual room. And basically, you couldn't leave your room where everyone was in self-isolation until uh, until we got our test results back. And once everyone came back negative, we were able to figure out a tra- uh, training schedule. And then from that point on, it was basically free to do. Not free to do whatever you want, but yeah. you had more than a way to leave your room for training, to go to a meal room, stuff like that. So Yeah, fair Very enough. Yeah, how was the food, though? Because the NBA actually, had problems. So first, first week. <laughs> First, first day, first two days were a little bit of a struggle. It wasn't the yeah. best quality of food, but players, you know, had their last bit and stuff like that. But once we were um, actually about to go downstairs and go to the meal room, food got a lot better. And uh, Once you're like, when you're in a hotel, you know how it is. It gets very repetitive after a while, but I mean, yeah. the quality of food is good and stuff like that, but can't complain too much. What did you do during the downtime during the day? It's like, was it anything to do? Any like oh. hang it was very it was like you had a lot of free time so we so to avoid the heat you train early in the morning so we're up at like six o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. breakfast and all that and then by 7 40 we're leaving the training so and with training already being hot when you're out there training was nice short sharp so i'm telling you we'd be back in the hotel by like 10 30 11 o'clock <laughs> there'd be sometimes a gym session um if not i mean 11 hours basically rest of the day to yourself like they had they yeah. had a player's lounge on every floor for every team um there you could like socialize and go hang out with your teammates there um they had some coffee shops and restaurants you could go to during the time but i think it was more so as like every team just kept to themselves no one really mm-hmm. try to because obviously with the whole covid and you yeah. know they're just to play and relax and you know it's time to just uh, make sure everyone stays healthy and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely. So there wasn't much interaction with the other teams then in the on the floors or? Also, you yeah, so you would never see anyone like the other team on your floor. Like everyone just stayed on their floor. But when you'd go to meals, like all the meal rooms were roughly close because, I mean, you have to get everyone, um, like you had neighbor, like neighbored rooms, stuff like that. Um, so it was pretty cool. Like you'd, you'd see a lot of like friends from, your, from the league and, catch up with them so it was cool seeing like people like that but in terms of hanging out and actually meeting up with them not really everyone just either you ran into them if not then just didn't see them yeah i got you i saw some of the guys were out uh trying to golf did you ever get out there and play or so yeah so after after i believe our second game second or third game we had a off day the next day and it was basically if you wanted to golf you're allowed to uh they had a, a team day and knowing my ability to golf i was like no chance um, <laughs> so i did not want to embarrass myself i knew the cameras were going to be there i did not need that out there for everyone to see so uh no i didn't go but i know a few boys like really big into golf and like do it on the free time so um yeah i didn't i didn't go out there if there was miniature golf i'd be out i'd be out there no problem yeah, oh for sure yeah. that's what we do <laughs> yeah but yeah, other than that, like, was it interesting? It was interesting watching the games just with no one there, really. 
how, how is it for you guys when you're out there? I think the vibe of it was just you're just so used to being in an atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? And I think um, being in the atmosphere where there's always like noise going on, and now it's just like when you're out there playing, you can just you can just hear everyone clearly. It's a different game almost. Like it's still the same game, yeah. obviously, but there's not that little edge for any team. It's basically you know everyone's the same same uh, same playing field. There's no home uh, field advantage or anything like that. So. I think for us, when we dealt with it pretty well, there was no no need to like overthink what the situation was or what the like no no fans like that. And I think the biggest challenge for everyone really was just eat because you're playing at either eight in the morning for group stage games or eight p.m. Like it's a very different schedule, you know. Like it's a long rest day to get prepared for a game. Um, but I think as a team and just everyone individually has their own way to prepare for games like that. And I mean, our staff here is just amazing and they do a really good job of giving us as much opportunities and much tools as possible to make sure regardless of what um, environment we're in, we're always ready to play. And I think it was, it gave us a little bit of an edge to just make sure everyone's comfortable physically and mentally because when you're out in the heat, like mental game becomes a very big uh, part of it. Yeah, for sure. Sure, I've been there with that. Um, yeah, I was just about to say that going back on, you could hear everyone there. Yeah. And you see a bunch of these games on TV overseas where they pump in the fan noise. Yeah. And I was watching the one game, I was like, they should put music on for these guys or something. Like, yeah. they, they need something out there. But Yeah, it's yeah, actually pretty funny because when you say that, because basically when you're in the bubble, like, you're watching everyone else play. Like, whenever you're at back, you're in your room, you're just watching whatever game's on. And, like, you hear the live noise, but, like, when I, because, like, uh, when I was there, I was watching the game, and I'm just, like, I was, like, wait, I was, like, where's the sound? But I was, like, forgot it's all, like, TV played in, it's like that, and I'm just, like, it just seems weird. It seems like you're going to watch, like, like a scrimmage almost. Yeah. And it's, like, the environment of it, but, but once the game starts and everyone's competitive, like, it's obviously mm-hmm. very different, like, you know, like, everyone knows what's on stake, and uh, everyone's playing to win, obviously, so it's pretty... It was very interesting, the vibe of it, but, I mean, mm-hmm. it's still the game, and everyone still knows how to play and still knows what needs it. So. so they're not pumping the crowd noise in for you guys to hear also. Uh, That's, huh. So what? So I guess a follow-up on this, what's it like training with, like, some of these all-time greats in the U.S. context, like Josie Altidore, um, Michael Bradley? Like, in training, is it like, what's it like, I guess, going up against these guys? So, for me, like, at first, I was, like, very intimidated a little bit, like, because, you, like, you respect them a lot, right? Absolutely, and you respect yeah. everyone you've trained with. And, obviously, when you look at their careers and everything, then you're like, wow, it's amazing. Like, you just feel so honored to be able to train and learn from them. And then, like, when you just get to know them, it's like that, they just want to help you out so much. They make it so easy for you to just, like, feel confident and mm-hmm. play your game and just train and just get better each day. Like, they're, like, it's just, like, a, just a, a teammate that helps guide you throughout your career. And it's just really cool to see. And, yeah, it's a very cool thing to be able to train and play with these guys. And I think, like, it's, like, very important just for the younger guys on the team because for young guys, they might feel a little intimidated, but they make it super easy for everyone to feel welcome and for all of us to just do the best that we can and they help guide us as much as they can. And, you know, we know what they've been through to make it to where they are and what they have achieved in their career. And I think everyone um, who's who plays soccer and wants to have a career in, like, 
wants to learn as much as they can from people that you're training with. And when you have guys that experience with them, it's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So now we want to bring it back, I guess. So at what point do you think, did it click in your head that you thought you had a chance to go pro and reach this level? At like what age do you think you would say you were like, I think I can do uh, it. So as a kid growing up, like I was always like, you know, I want to be a professional soccer player. I love soccer growing up. Like everyone, you know, everyone has a dream of like, oh, they fall yeah. in love with the sport. And for me, I was always a striker growing up. And I was just like, God, and I was having fun. One day, you know, it was too heavy. They threw the back to the goal. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll have fun with this. And then one day after um, a tournament, a team like approached my father and was like, we want to bring him. Like we like him a lot. And mm-hmm. after like, they were bringing me up, I was playing with older guys. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like I didn't, I, I didn't know anything of it. I know like any national team camps like that. And then once they started talking to me about like me trying to get onto the national team, I was like, well, like everything started clicking. They started like really helping me understand like the ability that I had. Like I, I thought like you have to be like unbelievable already at that age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they made it. They made it seem really not not like uh, clear. But they they made sure that I knew um, that I had the potential of achieving um, this dream of mine. And like from that age, they always believed in me. They always had me playing up with the older guys. I remember mm-hmm. being like. 15 being with like the U18s and I was like what am I doing here I shouldn't be here but they were just always on top of me and always were pushing me and I, I think um like sorry so the little then they always playing me up yes but like around 13 14 is when I was like first over there and I think that's where everything started clicking and that's where I swear a little mind like a little little switch in my mind clicked and I was like yeah okay, if I actually want to make this happen, I need to understand that there's going to be some things I'm going to have to sacrifice. And so I think mm-hmm. roughly around uh, 12, 13 years old, I was like, yeah, yeah, it was a big, it was a big decision. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. it's a lot to give up and, you know, like, but I was always driven with what I loved. And I think it was super easy for me to just not like get rid of my friends, but like have a good, healthy balance in terms yeah, of terms of yeah. for myself and, I know, like, my boys would be there regardless of what happened, so. For sure. How old were you when you made the switch from striker to keeper? So I was, like, you know, it was between. I was always playing a little bit, like, goalkeeper. Okay. Like, a yeah. little fun. A here typical goal, a typical goal. Oh, everybody wants to be a striker scoring <laughs> the goals. Exactly. But, uh, my dad grew up as a goalie, and he, like, so I kind of saw him playing when I grew up. Um, yeah, one day I was just not, I was not, uh, not in the best shape. <laughs> So you know what happens if the bigger kid goes in goal and you know I was like God, it became my community for the rest of the season and I enjoyed it so look at me. Yeah, it worked out so. Ah, it didn't pay <laughs> off. Uh, so you went down to residency then, right? Yeah. All right. So when was that? So I believe that started. I did one year freshman high school. Mm-hmm. I think I was roughly fourteen. 15 when I moved down to Florida because I remember I was there for three years so my sophomore to senior year gotcha yeah that was at IMG was it yeah it was at IMG Academy um so we were on campus we weren't part of IMG we were just living on campus okay so it was really cool to see like because it's a very like diverse um like boarding school a lot of international students for different mm-hmm. many uh sports like tennis basketball mm-hmm. football soccer as well like it was really cool to see like everyone like background and everyone was there to like become the best they could possibly can 
it was a really cool environment. Like kids at that young age, like really dedicated to really pushing themselves as much as they can to really see how far they could get with their uh, with what they love. Yeah, I was gonna say IMG has like I guess built the reputation for themselves. I know a lot of pro athletes go back there all the time. Were there any like uh, pro athletes stopping by when you were on campus or any like I well, guess? Uh, I remember when Cam Cam Newton was a big one always stopping by. All right. He was obviously an Under Armour athlete. Yep. Um, and so yeah, he'd always train there in the off season. Um, uh, I can't really remember. It was, was a bit a while ago, but I, there were definitely a lot of guys that would come. Like a lot of tennis players. Yeah. Like the uh, Serena uh, Williams. Exactly. Yeah. Maria Sharapova, she always come back and train there. Like that's where IMG gets like was a big tennis academy growing up, and then IMG um, purchased it off Nick Balotelli. I'm pretty sure something like that. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, tennis is where like it all started for them. So they have a lot of big names, a huge list of like all their um, graduates and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Gotcha. And then so after IMG, then uh, you made the decision was it first college and then. So for me, I've always wanted to go pro. Like uh, college was like you know there yeah. like, uh, as a thing for me, and it was a big thing for my family because no none of them like were uh, none of my family ever went to college. So okay. I had to yeah. the first one. Um, so when I had the offer, um, UCLA it was I mean pretty easy to like. Yeah. <laughs> so after it was done, I um, went to UCLA for two years, and then did a semester at Rutgers. Okay. Rutgers, a team in Scotland, reached out to uh, one of my coaches back in my uh, club team, PDA, and was that saying they need a goalkeeper, so I went on trial, and things went really well, so I signed with them okay. that following summer. Nice. That's awesome. What, do, what was your experience at UCLA? I mean, that's a notorious school. It's a beautiful school. Canvas is amazing. Yeah. Um, like you walk around and you're just like you're just like wow this is crazy like it's a small like um, campus compared to other schools but it's just gorgeous like so many places to go just sit and just relax and just the soccer was great like the guys were so fun like it's a really good environment you know everyone's just super chill like you just live your life you do what you gotta do and like to go to it's like almost hard to go to class sometimes you're just like it's so nice all the time like but you gotta be a good student right so that's what you gotta do. <laughs> That's awesome. If you look at all those teams you were playing for, I guess, bef- so before you went to Hearts, so like I guess all of your um, non-pro teams, so anything from the U.S. team to PDA to your college, who do you, who was like one or two guys that stood out the most in training that was like, okay, these guys are like legit the next, the highest level I've seen? Um, I mean, I think that one, not pretty easy. I mean, I've played with a lot of great players. But when when I was down in residency, Christian Pulisic was a bus like in that yeah. in that pool, and so training with him like he just made it look super easy. Like he was just always one step ahead. You know, everyone like when you looked at him like you just knew like this kid is gonna be something great. And it was really cool to watch. And, and I think that just like like having him part of the pool made everyone around us like better because he was at a, like I'll say like a, like like much higher level than all of us. Like he had that soccer brain, and it was just like, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it was really cool, and a lot of people like can pick up, like you know, like when you, because you guys play sports growing up as well, right? So when you look at other people, you pick and like see what works for them, and you're like, okay, and you try to bring it into your game. And I think that helped a lot of players because you can just see his like soccer brain just helped out a lot, and I think that's what helped us be just a good group. And when I look back at the res, 
redundancy group that we had, and you look at the list, and like every like a good amount of players are playing pro and mm-hmm. are pursuing their dream, and it's really cool to see. So I think I had to pick one player. Yeah, I him. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's fair to say with what he's achieved. Yeah. 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 He's done quite well for himself right now. Yeah, he's done really well. Super awesome. Super proud of the kid. I love him to death. Like, you know, it's just great to see not just him, but like everyone else doing great too. So, yeah. But yeah, it's really nice to see, like, you know, people you've played with and stuff like that do so well for themselves. Because, you know, we're all in the same environment. We all wanted to, Mm -hmm. like, have the same dream and just see everyone pursue it and make it happen. It's just awesome. Yeah, and I was looking at the roster. We'll get into the World Cups right after this, but um, I was looking at the roster and stuff, and almost the whole roster is doing their thing now, if yeah. not the whole roster. And it's crazy to think that, like, that group, we were all watching them, like, hoping someone would make it up there, and all of you guys are doing it now, yeah. which is awesome to see. It is pretty cool. And, like, when you look at the roster – and you look at who's made it to the actual first team here and there. There's like a little bit that already made that push and making it to like the under 23s and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, like really, it's like really something special when you look back at it because um, I don't know if it was done before or, or what, but like, yeah, it's really cool. It's just really something special. And it's just like, we all talked about it, you know, growing up. We're like, oh yeah, we had that mentality and, when we look back at it, we were very close. Everyone was close. We had each other back. Whenever on campus, like yeah. anyone mess with us, we had each other back. Like, <laughs> so I think it's yeah, it's really cool to see when you look back at it. Yeah, Any funny awesome. stories from down uh, down at the residency there? Uh, there are there are some. I don't know. I don't think it's uh. I'm not gonna put people on blast. I'm gonna just say yeah. there were there definitely were some very interesting stories and good times. <laughs> um, we definitely enjoyed our time down there for sure. Mm-hmm. I can imagine so. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah, let's get in the world. So when you were representing the country, essentially, like, how was that when you guys would go other places and like you guys were traveling all over and you were playing really, really well? Like your yeah. group was that group that back home we're all watching you guys because you're winning and doing your yeah. thing. Like, how was that? Like, what was it like going uh, really there? Cool. Like, cause, like, at a young age, when we, when we first got down there, we're like, we still, still felt like kids. But after yeah. a couple of months, we felt like we were growing up and maturing really quickly. And I think that you could see that on the field because we were just playing, like, with such confidence and with such um, a chip on our shoulder. We'd go to different countries all the time to play little tournaments like that, and we'd do well. Um, not necessarily win everything, but we'd always compete, and we always play well against these, you know, yeah. big – big countries and because you know growing up like everyone's like U.S. soccer is but mm-hmm. he just that was always a stigma that I was like that doesn't bother us like we're gonna here come here and prove everyone wrong like playing the Brazils playing the Portugal's Germany's you know like, we always competed and it was really cool um but it's just crazy because like as a kid you grow up and you don't really realize it and I think the biggest thing that was like a huge like wow this is like real life it was when we went to El Salvador for the World Cup qualifiers. So we're playing in this concrete built stadium. Like every game was played there. Like but just we had to stay in this hotel. We couldn't leave anywhere. We couldn't go on team walks. Everything around it was just like was um just destroyed. Like it was just crazy the way of life. Like when we traveled, 
we had to take a different bus route like every single time just because someone was like, you know, paying attention to where our bus so we don't get like sabotaged or, you know, <laughs> cornered. It was, it was crazy. And so we were back, we were on right before this game's going on. We're on next. And the game's literally taking off in like 20 minutes. So we have to warm up literally on concrete with a little rug that looks like turf. And that's us warming up, trying to get ready for a <laughs> game to qualify for the World Cup. And we're like there in this environment. Nobody likes Americans outside. Like, you know what I mean? Nobody yeah, wants to yeah. see an American team win. And it was just, Absolutely. we're down there, like grown men screaming at us. Like, like <laughs> crazy. Like, we can't, I don't know, I don't know what they're saying, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't really yeah. that stuff. And it's just, it's just mental to think at that age. Like, soccer is life. Literally life yeah. for these people. And I think that's what is just so cool to experience. And, like, at that age, you're just like, wow. And it gets you, like, mentally prepared for, like, what football can be growing up and growing up qualifying for, like, for a full men's national team um, uh, qualifier. Sorry, World Cup. Sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No one really understands it until you experience it. Like, mm-hmm. really, it is a very different atmosphere. Where do you think the coolest place you went was uh, for traveling with the team there in those years? That's, that's very hard because there were so many, like, cool places we went to. Like, when we went to Paris, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, trips, right? Like, cool little trips. Um, soccer's always, like, obviously what we're mainly there for. Yeah. yeah. But when we can go and, like, explore and, like, have little team walks like that, like, I think that's always really fun and Mm-hmm. I think one big one that I remember really well was uh, we went to the Canary Islands. That was a really cool experience because like yeah. it was beautiful weather, an awesome resort. Like the guys oh, are just yeah. and just chilling. It's always a good laugh, you know. Everyone has a good banter. Like yeah, uh, I always enjoyed like trips um, outside the U.S. because it's always a good experience with different cultures like that. Um, but for me, I think my top two was when we went to. Um, Small town in Italy, so we played in Italy, Serbia, and Austria. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of like the what connected all of them. Yeah. So we took this steep, steep drive and this big bus on this like little road up this mountain. <laughs> the view was unbelievable. Literally playing like in this like field with like mountains like covering like it was like a little like stadium but like a mountain. Yeah. Like you know, I like playing the game. It's like oh, it's a game going on. It was just so beautiful. But I think that was cool because you experienced three different nations. And, I mean, we're in Italy. We had pizza every single day. Oh. Right <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was good, good times, yeah. I think I think that was probably my favorite one as, uh, when I was with the, uh, when we traveled over to yeah. Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think the best atmosphere in a game you played in was? Craziest that, atmosphere? Oh, I think because when we played, so before the World Cup, we went to Chile mm-hmm. to just get and, like, see how the climate is get used to the environment like that. We played Chile in this, like, small, like, 10,000, um, yeah. uh, what's it called, stadium. Yeah. And remember, we tied the game 2-2, and these two American fans, like, heard of the game somehow, and were there, and the crowd was just going crazy. Game was over, and when we scored our second goal, the two Americans ran around, like, the, the stadium. It was so <laughs> funny. It was just like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you didn't expect that, yeah. like, happen and and after the game they were like just like screaming for us and like that so it's pretty cool like it was just the environment of being like against the home country because you know how like nobody wants you to win obviously they don't want yeah, to, 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 to on us the whole time the atmosphere is so loud 
And, like, that's where, like, as a goalkeeper, trying to find the right times to be vocal because I can't be screaming the whole time because mm-hmm. my defenders aren't hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's, like, it's really cool, and it's almost, like, not a different game, but you, it's, like, it just drives you more to just, like, really mm-hmm. upset these guys, and it gives you, like, that energy. It's, like, yeah, I think that was definitely the my best atmosphere I've played in. Definitely. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. nice. That's awesome. So I guess we're... We're towards the end of the questions, but a really important one coming up. Yeah. So I don't know if you're following the Europa League and Champions League coming up. Uh, <laughs> and tomorrow there's a big game. My team, my home team, FC Copenhagen, is going against uh, Manchester United. What 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 chance do you give us against United on a neutral, <laughs> neutral field? One neutral game. ground? Uh, is this, this is the one elimination, right? It's single game. Single game. Um, from what I know of Copenhagen, they're not going to be very... Uh, you know, fast pace. They're just gonna hold back. Yep. And I think if they can hold off, I'm not. I'm, I'm they can hold off Man United for a bit, and they can frustrate them. And I think if, honestly, if you give them one opportunity, I think Copenhagen takes advantage of it and takes it takes the game. Yes. No, I'm, I'm the thing is, I like to see another dog take it. I'm not a big Man United fan, but right. I'm feeling I'd like to see uh, Copenhagen take this one. It's the dream. It would be the dream. It's the furthest the Danish team has ever been. So now it's now we're playing with free money. Not gonna do it all. We're I all think. in on Copenhagen right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm with it. <laughs> I'm on board. Like to hear it. Like to hear it. And then the second thing is, Colin and I have gone back and forth for a long time over whether you know the East Hills versus Nichiren, who like which team in our year had the higher potential. So I'm saying, if we would have had you playing, if we would have had Steven playing, we had Mezen, we had guys like Kevin Dadio in the back, myself, Chris Messi, it wouldn't have been close. You can agree with that. I didn't even know. I didn't even know they had a team. My point I, exactly. I'm agree. See, here's the thing, though. I agree with him that if you guys had a goalie playing, you guys would have beaten us because all we had was me and Vesperis. All we had was <laughs> all we had was little Vispe. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, dude, that's a good team because like Steven up top, you in the middle to hold. Kevin Daniel was a nutcase. He just exactly. broke that. Um, my brother would be on the team as well. He was good. Yeah, he was a year below. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm trying to think who else played. The tish, the tishies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he'd be unbelievable. Oh, wow. oh my goodness, he would be the best middle school team that ever existed. You know, like a Barca and Bethlehem right there. Exactly. It's like how did how how did they let this happen? Now, yeah, that's like that's not even fair. The real question is if Bethlehem was still one school, throw me and Vispy into the mix. Parkland <laughs> doesn't even exist. Somewhere. Maybe you could play left back. <laughs> I'll play left back. <laughs> On that team, I'll play left back. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But, do you have anything else going? No, I think that was it. That was the question we really wanted answered right there. So. <laughs> yeah. Ending on a high note. No, that was awesome getting insight into not only the bubble, but kind of your career growing up and stuff. Because yeah. obviously we're all pulling for you at Toronto and watching yeah. all your games and stuff. So I think that's all we got today. So well, thank you. Yeah. Always good to see you guys when I come home too. So yeah, definitely. For sure. When you're around next. All right, uh, man. Enjoy life in Toronto. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. The borders right now closed. I don't see it opening up anytime soon. So yeah. Hopefully for Christmas, but uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. But uh, well, all the best, and uh, thanks for thanks for coming by. Yeah, of course. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, man. See ya. Later. All right, let's get into the 5 for 5. So this week's 5 for 5 is the overrated draft. 
So we're just doing or anything sports related. Are we just are we doing anything sports related? Or are we doing players? How are we doing this? I was, I thought we were gonna do players. You just want let's just do players. Do players from all different sports. You don't have, to have all the. Time. I had a great. I had a great pick. I'll just say my great pick if we're changing the rules. I did, well, most I asked what the rules were, and you guys didn't respond. That's fine. Okay, most, I just want to get this out there. Most overrated fan base in any sport, the New York Yankees. Wow. 90%, of, 90% of their fans are fake. They just saw this NY cap. They're like, wow, I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> they don't have any real freaking culture. Wait, so just to be clear, wait, just to be clear, are you talking about the fans that, like, don't watch any games but own one Yankees hat, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a Yankees fan? We're talking about those ones, right? That's 90% of the Yankees fan base. That's the problem. All right, so Alexis Alexis and I are in the 10%, at least, in his vote. You see, those are the words from a man who only follows mid-market teams for a reason, because he thinks it's cool to be a hipster and follow mid-market teams. He's jealous that we're the number two most profitable franchise in America. He's well, just no. hating on our fans. He knows our culture is better than his because he has 50,000 fans that live in the middle of nowhere. It's fine, though. I can live with that. If he thinks we're fake fans, that's fine. Him and his 50,000 middle of nowhere loser fans can keep rooting for the Rockies and whoever I else. had this conversation with Alexis the other day. One quick tangent here. Do you think that... So my question is, how many people in the world are big Vikings fans, also big Trailblazers fans, and also big Rockies fans. Like, they have to be a big fan of all three franchises. I said there's at least 100. Alexis doesn't think there's a single one. I think you might be the only person in the world who's a diehard fan for all three teams. So it's the Rockies? Yeah, that's just... The Vikings? Because it's so strange. It's just too random. It's too random. Yeah. You won't find one other person that is actually truly a fan of all three teams and keeps track and like follows their players. So you might you might like I could see the Vikings the and I Vikings. could see Portland. That's what I said. I said if it was only two it would be possible. But yeah. since it's three random teams, is I think it's almost impossible for there to be three another fantastic person. franchise. Listen, I well I'll give Christian, I'll give you probably twenty to thirty friends in that group. Because you gotta keep in yeah. mind, there's people overseas that have no allegiance to any state or team areas mm-hmm. that no, are just but liking teams. That's why teams. I think it's almost impossible. Because how many people in the world follow baseball? You could cut the population down a lot from that. And then how many people follow baseball and American football in the world? I bet you a lot of people don't follow American football around the world. So you can cut that down even further. And then you add another sport to that. It just makes it so much harder. For there to be someone worldwide who likes all three teams, it would have to be someone in the U.S. Because the, those three sports aren't the most popular sports around the world. I just think it's uh, if there is a club, I hope there's someone out there. I mean, uh, it's a great time to be a fan of all three teams. We have the best basketball team, best baseball team, best football team. What are the odds? Um, and I also want it want it to be made very clear because I've been called a fake fan. I am a true diehard fan of all three teams. No, and I respect um, that because I get called a fake fan a lot, but you guys know that I live in I'll live and die by my teams. Like except for Dak except for Dak Prescott who you throw under the bus every day. Yeah, but that's out of anger with his games. Like but he I, pisses I, I me still off. worship Kirk Cousins. I'm I I'll go to the grave saying Kirk Cousins is a ninety overall. Listen, listen, go check 
my Twitter and how many times I tweet at Johnny, Rain Dakota Prescott. Just I stand by him, but I'm also going to give him. Listen, I wouldn't be a true fan if I didn't give my one of my favorite players positive and negative feedback on his game. See, I think that's fair to hate on some players. Like I know, on the Yankees, I do not like Brett Gardner. I've thank, never liked Brett thank Gardner. Thank you. Thank you. You and I, you and I have agreed on that a couple times. Yeah, I have always been not been a Brett Gardner guy, and the fact that he's one of the longest tenure just killed yeah. my soul. In his first couple of years, I was because he was fast, he was stealing bases, it was exciting. But once you learned what, who he really was, nah. I got into but. an argument with someone about this, and I looked at his stats. His best year hitting for average, because we all know he doesn't hit home runs. His best hitting year was two seventy three. And he was our leadoff. And that's bad for a leadoff guy that's been on the Yankees for 12 years. That's his oh, best man. year ever. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's, move, let's get into it then before we start rattling off overrated players here. Um, so, Christian, do you want to get the number gener- generator up or should we just list an order? We can't hear you. I don't know. I'm on my phone, so I can't do it tonight. Uh, All right, so should we, you want to just go in alphabetical or reverse alphabetical, yep. however you guys want to do off, it? We can go alphabetical. That works. All right. Uh, all right, first, so... Colin? By the way... No, no Alexis. Alexis. <laughs> also, keep track of who you're going to do because I'm not writing it down this week. Alexis, go ahead. I'm first? Yeah, you're first. So with my first pick, I don't care what anybody says, I'm dying saying this to my grave, Tom Brady. <laughs> Wow. Dude, you took my first pick. With my first pick in the overrated draft, I am taking, it, it kills me to say this, Ben Simmons. With his production that he's given us so far, I can't. Wow. I can't. That, what a horrible take. I can't I say like, it. I just take cold. it off. That's crazy. Have the Sixers fans. That's the worst thing I ever heard. It kills me. Um, listen, um, listen. I have to. I have to be. You know, play the field. Wow! I can't believe you said that. It kills me to say it. Uh, who's up then? Uh, Jay becomes. Yeah, Johnny, yeah. you're up. Uh, my overrated player. My first pick is Donovan McNabb. Um. Attacking their own fan base is classic Philly. All right, that one's worse than mine because at least mine gets hate. I don't think Donovan McNabb when he was in Philly really got hate. He gets three years into his career. McNabb gets hate. People bash on him for not getting a ring. You know, they have the team around him to get a ring. I just, I don't think he was all that, you know, clutch for us. I really don't. And it kills me to say that because when he was at I, I don't. I don't know. Just clown. Clown. Look in the mirror. <laughs> All right, Christian, you're up. So after three bad picks, I'll take the most obvious, like the easiest, most overrated player in probably American yeah, sports it's history. Definitely a clown pick since you just said all that. But go ahead. Derek Jeter. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 a joke. Like this is honestly a joke. No, no, he might. So Derek Jeter was a very good player. Very great player, all easy Hall of Famer. But the way that he's looked at, I could see why Christian says that. As wasn't he a unanimous Hall of Famer? No. 
No. One person uh, didn't vote for him. Who was the first one? Oh, I don't know one person. Yeah, Jeter, there was one person that didn't vote Jeter. Yeah, yeah, one person didn't vote for Jeter. I don't know if there's ever been a unanimous in baseball. Mariano. Wasn't it Mariano? Oh, yeah, Mariano was. Did yeah. Mariano get it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just remember now. So, but I know, I knew he was close, but I, I forget if he actually got it. I'm pretty sure he but got Jeter it. Jeter being, one, like, just only the, one vote away from being the second unanimous freaking Hall of Famer. Come on now. You guys aren't that blinded. You're still up. Not at least. You're still up. Um, so my second pick, I could give it to a numerous, like, do coaches count in this conversation? Yeah, yeah, you can throw coaches. All right. in yeah, we'll throw coaches in. Uh, although it's like, it's not fair to pick one without the other. I don't think you guys are going to wildly disagree with me, but... Um, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, that combo, historically overrated. Good lord, they suck. <laughs> I mean, they're regarded as two locked, some of the best quarterback coach combo behind Brady Belichick, and been to one Super Bowl. They choke the amount of leads they completely throw away or choke in the playoffs every single year. It's not luck at this point. It's they use that they keep blaming the refs. They're so petty. And I mean, to be and this historic duo, and even go to the NFC Championship game twice and Super Bowl once, that's just sad. And their only Super Bowl comes from cheating. Oh my. <laughs> How they're not regarded as more overrated well, it blows my mind. But that's an easy, that's an easy choice. All right, Ty, second pick, go. Zoom second sesh. pick, Tim Tebow. Who oh. rates him? Huh? Can you be overrated without being rated? Oh no. He, he, he got he just overrated. Got, the guy was in the league for three years. Oh no. Oh no, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, stop playoffs. talking. Stop talking. <laughs> the year after you made the playoffs, you got cut. I'm saying they they hyped him up uh, like he was the best thing since life. Should we tell him? Should we tell him that that happened just now? Yeah, Alexis, I can't hear anything you're saying. Hey, Milo. Hello. Oh, yeah. oh, we're getting something. Uh, no, we're getting something. It's getting there. All right, yeah, who, I'm up now, I believe, right? Yeah, go. Uh, Bryce Harper. A downward spiral. He has never met the numbers that he was expected to be at. Overrated. He has a bad batting Wait. average. Overrated. Who did you say? Rice Harper. Harper. Oh, you stole one of mine. Yeah, overrated. Am I up next? Yeah, you're up. Okay, I'm going to say... Now, this is going to be a controversial one. I'm going to say Derrick Rose. I 100% um, agree with you. Yeah, you yeah, my next pick. I, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Derrick Rose, don't get me wrong, he had two of the best years, whatever, yeah. But that's it. I don't know why people love bringing up his prime when it was only for two years. Like, also oh, what prime. could have been? What could have been? Like, yeah, I understand he got hurt and that sucks. What could have been? But you can't keep bringing him up. Like, he had two good yeah. years. Also, his prime, LeBron averaged more points, rebounds, and assists, and on a better shooting percentage. But that's just what can you say? Uh, Alexis, you're still up. All right, with my second pick, I'm going to go with Cal Ripken Jr. All right. Fair enough. 
the guy was good. He he play, has the record for most games in a row, but he wasn't that good to be a household name like he is. I mean, he did play for the Orioles, so. Uh, all right, so I'm up with my third pick. I'm taking Jordan Spieth. Really? What do you mean, really? He was no, supposed I'm... to rattle off, like, championship after championship after major after major, and he has not made cuts. He has been bad. He's over par in most tournaments. Overrated. Johnny, you're up. Oh, okay. Um, let's say Alex Rodriguez. Bingo. I just... But, what? Yeah. What did you Enter just say? Enter Alexis. Your boy, Avon. That is a horrible take. That's one of the worst takes I think we've ever had on this podcast. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Alex Rodriguez. What more could Johnny. he have done? You want him to get 900 home runs? Win, For real. Win more, win more World Series and then come talk to me. Dude, he has I'm more World Series, series than the Phillies. Oh, wait. I always thought he had two. Oh, my God. What am I thinking? No, no. You already said it. You're No. Yeah, no. Don't, don't try and backtrack here. No, no, no. A guy no, no. with more than 600 home runs is overrated? Oh, I thought he had only two rings. I didn't think he had that many. Oh, my God. So even if it's two rings, 600 home runs in two rings, he's overrated? <laughs> I mean, the steroids, though. Oh, don't bring that to the table. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm on 1%. Let's cut this crap before John goes off the, off the deep end. Yeah, that... All right. <laughs> for, my, for my next pick, it's a pretty, pretty easy pick, I would tend to say. David Beckham. I mean, he, he benefits from being attractive, and because there was a movie called Bend It Like Beckham, never was really that good. You don't go and play in the MLS in your prime if you're that good. Pretty, pretty, I mean, great for the MLS that they got him, but let's be clear, right. he's pretty overrated. All right, Christian, I know, you know I'm going to argue with you on this, but we're not going to do it right now. We'll save it for another time, because uh, this is not the time to have it, because that could be like an hour argument. So, you're up again. Next up, I promise I'm not a, I'm not sexist, but Danica Patrick. I mean, I looked at the numbers here. Great, you know, great for the sport. She was the first female to ever win an IndyCar race in 2008. It's a shame that was her last time winning an IndyCar race. <laughs> That's just sad. Come on. Now. All right, John, back to you. Back to you. Matt Stafford. Oof, coming in hot. Fair enough. I agree. He just he throws a lot of yards and doesn't win divisions or anything. He's just at this point he needs to retire because he's disgracing himself. Drew Brees with it's Drew Brees with the worst team. Yes. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, so my next pick is to, it's all based off of what they're getting paid, and I'm going with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. I, I was I was kind of. I was kind of thinking. All time overrated. I'm not saying he's bad, but I'm not saying he should be getting paid like that. So over to Alexis. Two picks. With my first pick, I'm gonna say Oscar Robertson. All right. Yeah, we've we've dug into that one a little bit on here before, I think. 
And, all, all the old heads, yeah. like like the people that watched basketball back then, like to say that he's the greatest of all time. And I just he played in the '60s, bro. There were like eight teams. Yeah, yeah. We've and said I don't that think him times. his physical body, like Will Chamberlain, at least has a case. Like he was a track star, seven foot one, very athletic. But Oscar Robertson, his body is nothing crazy for today's NBA. So I do not think he would be Mister Triple Double like he was back in the day. Yeah. No, yeah, we've said that many times on here. When there's six teams, it's a lot easier to uh, play good basketball. But all right, so your last pick then. Um, I'm gonna have to think on this one a little bit, boys. I'm not sure. All right, please so come back. Get my last because my my phone's about to die. Oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. In case we lose you. All right, I hate to break the order, but this is an easy pick that I should have picked earlier, Mr. Bo Jackson. Listen right. to oh, right. let, let, right. let me talk. Stop. Let me talk. Let me talk. I thought your phone was die. So he played. He played eight seasons in the MLB. His best batting average ever was 270. He had a career average of 250. He never hit more than 30 home runs in a year. He was playing most games. So that that start off with that. So he was pretty trash at baseball. Then let's move over to the NFL, where he only played four seasons in the NFL as a running back. His best season ever, he got 950 yards. He was averaging less than 600 yards a season with four touchdowns. That's not good. Congrats, you made it to the bigs in both sports, but you weren't good in either. I Numbers don't lie. I really don't know how to respond to this right now. Not Numbers don't lie. lie. I, did, I didn't really see that one Man. coming, but I should have from you. Um, I mean, it's so, not as bad as well, mine. Are you going to head out, or are you staying for these last picks? I'll stay until my phone dies, but it's anything. All right. Okay, I, I finally figured one out for mine. All right, do it. What do you got? So, Yasiel Puig. Oof, dude, I was going to say that. One good season. He has had one good season. Because coming into the league, everyone was talking about this Cuban prospect that was going to destroy everybody, like going to break records and then he had maybe one maybe two good years and now he's i don't even know if he's on the roster well he was on the braves but he picked up his stuff and left he opted out before right after, right after he signed the contract so going in like going into a pro career he was one of the most overrated players ever yes yes everyone thought he was going to be amazing and then he just showed up to the league had a good season but probably hyped up and then I'm a Basically, big yeah. guy, though. Oh, I, I, mean, I when love... Puig, when yeah, he first ahead. got to the league, I was a big Puig guy because people hated how cocky he was, and I didn't think it mattered. Like, he was putting up the numbers. Yeah. But then he started sucking and uh, after yeah. a couple of years, so yeah. he was actually very overrated. Yes. Still a big Puig guy. Um, all right, with my last pick, I'm just going to round out the sports here, so I hit all five, and I'm going to say John Stones. He's a center back for those of you who don't know him. I'm pretty sure Christian will know him. But I love John Stones. How can you pick a guy that's 26 years old and just entering his prime? Because he Another started when he was 18 and he was really Bro, good, and now he's overrated. A horrible pick. Christian, that is Bro, ridiculous. He's why City didn't win the, uh, the league this year because he's been injured the past year. That are is are you serious? If he, if he played, there would have been more own goals. Nope. If he played, no, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even listening one, one, to this wait, right one now. Thing, one thing. Do you remember that goal line clearance that won them the league against Liverpool? Oh, don't tell me you don't forget that last year. Yeah, that was his oh. one good play. One good oh, play. You won them the league. I'm not having this That's argument right now, Johnny. You're up. 
Johnny, you're up. Oh, the salt. The salt. Um, Have that same energy when we come at your teams. I'm going to say, I know that a lot of football, but Phillip Rivers. I, I, I just, every year they say the Chargers are winning the division. They're going to do it. They said that for the last five years. Huh? His sperm is not overrated. Damn <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> he's like 10 kids. He's but got no, great swimmers, bro. He's, he's got great swimmers. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's, he's in that same conversation with like Stafford and Big Ben, even though he has uh, a ring or two rings, sorry. I just, I don't the know. Guy, I mean, the I guy's 11 for 11, and with only one woman, I remember Johnny doesn't like when they're with multiple women. He, he does not oh, like Oh, yeah. That. He doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like child Johnny support either. Johnny does not either. support child, child support. I did not say that. Hey. Top five things that uh, athletes spend money on stupidly. Their kids. Child support. Child multiple support. women. Child support <laughs> with six different women. With six different women. Oh, man. Oh, all right. That was good. That was really good. My, that A-Rod pick was bad. I, I was... No, don't. 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 Oh, oh it's don't. from you. From you, Mr. Flip-Flop. I don't flip-flop on these, though. could have picked any other baseball name. And it probably would have been better than like other than Hank Aaron or like people like that would have been better. I had, I, I had Johnny Damon think, in mind. I had Johnny Damon in mind. I think all five of my picks are better than any pick any of you guys made this time. That's pretty sad for you guys. Um, I don't even know what to say to that, but you're pro- I mean, you, you might be right. You might be right. You can think. Dude, Alexis, we you keep doing that. What my connection keeps coming off? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I think. I mean, I think that's a good sign to uh, just hit some closing <laughs> remarks. So, to head out, Christian. Would you like to sad, say a goodbye? Sad to be a Copenhagen fan. The boys put up a hell of a fight to be 13 and 13 to one underdogs and go into overtime and lose on a penalty kick that probably shouldn't have been a penalty kick. I had poor quality. I didn't get a good look at it, but I think if you're Manchester United, I don't see how you can be happy with beating a little. Like I, for those who don't follow, I can I would compare it to this. What just happened? Oh, his phone died. His phone just died in the middle of that rant? Yeah, I think his phone died. But I remember I talked to him earlier. He said the comparison would be like a single-A team versus like an MLB team trying to win. Fair enough. Yeah, I would say Copenhagen. Who would have have imagined that parking the bus the whole game would lose you the game? Uh, What a surprise. (laughs) If you watched that game, they had 10 guys in the box every single play, and they cost me $200. You had $200 on that. I had two hundred dollars on uh, over two and a half goals. Wow. Ah, dude, you bet two hundred dollars on two teams that have like no attack. That's a shame. I mean, who would have guessed that Manchester United would score zero goals in ninety minutes? <laughs> hey, Muller, we gotta talk about college football. Oh, we're Wait, saving I just that for next week. Up too. Next time. Manchester United hit the crossbar eight times in regulation. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, Only when yeah. I put money on them could that ever possibly have happened. Yeah. I had money on Man U as well, and that was pissing me off. I actually threw the remote at the wall at one point. But, yeah, to Johnny's point, we'll get into college football next week because it's still up in the air and there's a lot going on right now, especially between the teams, the coaches, and the presidents. 
they're all on kind of different sides. So I say we save yeah, that I'm for sure next, next week. Yeah, I'm sure next week we'll have a better picture, but I um, know two conferences have already canceled, big conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least push back. So we'll save that for next week. But other than that, I mean, that's all we got, yeah. I believe. So. See you, boys. Yep, good to have, have all the boys back. Yeah, see you guys. All right, see you, boys.